What's up, everyone, and welcome once again to the Justin Insight Podcast. We are now at episode number 42. Uh, if you aren't a regular listener of the show, my name is Tim Backbeck. I am a writer, I'm a lover of films, music, and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, I just realised I did that super quick, so apologies. I didn't realise how fast I talk. But um, anyway, the last couple of episodes, I've kind of started off this little... Uh, introduction monologue with a with a little bit of a rant about something that's been bothering me but this week things have gone pretty smooth sailing to be honest um been writing some lyrics for some new songs that my band the divorcee have been working on so that's pretty cool uh we're hoping to to record something by the end of the year so we'll be keeping everyone updated when that drops um really excited about what we're actually doing ahead of recording our our debut full length I guess it's going to be um but yeah it's pretty cool because I've never actually done anything recorded before so I'm quite I'm quite nervous but looking forward to it as well and looking forward to finally getting something out that's got got me on it rather than our good friend Dan and previously Sam so yeah anyway I'm going off on a tangent um so yeah uh but as also as we're kind of nearing the the end of the year uh, I've been thinking about sort of what my albums of the year and obviously the other thing that we talk about on this podcast, uh, wrestling matches of the year have been. Um, so kind of looking to, to put together something to do with that. But I'd love to hear what what you guys think. If you want to let us know what your, your top 10 albums of the year are or your top five wrestling matches of the year, drop us a line on Twitter. It's at just underscore and underscore insight. Um, and as always, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rate, give us a review, share us with your friends. As I said in the last episode, trying to open this up to as many people as possible for next year as I'm trying to kind of change the format a little bit, uh, kind of have, not episodic, but different topics, I think is probably the best way to, 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 to go about it for each week, rather than it just always being a band interview or a wrestling show review. Um, so yeah, that's that's things for the future um but yeah apart from that i'm I'm actually really looking forward to to this week coming up because i actually have some time off work which is nice in the run up to christmas because otherwise i'll just get burnt out by the time we hit december um so but it's also me taking some time off has actually coincided with uh going up to london to see the revolution pro wrestling global wars event uh, which means I get to see Minoru Suzuki and Tetsuro Naito for the first time, which I'm super excited about. Uh, but I will talk about those shows in more detail for next week's episode. But for now, let's get into this week's guest. Uh, I am joined by All Pigs Must Die guitarist Adam Wentworth. Uh, this was recorded literally the day that the, album, uh, the band dropped their new album, uh, Hostage Animal. Uh, we obviously talk about the new album. We talk about how the band started out at a death wish uh christmas party uh how the members managed to balance personal life and other bands that they're in with all pigs must die and what they're doing um and and how the band kind of went from being just a, a kind of a bit a little bit of a project to the behemoth that we see in here today uh so please sit back relax enjoy my chat with adam and i'll see you on the other side Uh, so joining me this week on the Justin Inside podcast is a guitarist of 
uh, All Pigs Must Die, Adam Wentworth. Adam, thank you for joining me. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Just finished a, a busy work day, so this this is my relaxing time. <laughs> oh, I'm, as soon as I finish this, I start work. So. Oh, no. So, what, oh, just out, out of interest, what, what is your day job? I'm a graphic designer. I, yeah, I, I thought that was the case. I just wanted it confirmed, that was all. Um, yeah. So... Well, we'll dive into the band a bit, uh, background of the band in a minute. But obviously, straight off the bat, obviously Animal um, Hostility is now out. So, how do you how have you sort of received the feedback? Like now that it's out, what's what's it been from an insider looking out? Um, it's been overwhelmingly positive. It's been it's been really cool. Um, I mean, it's a record that's been a long time in the making, and we're super proud of it. But uh, it, it I think because of some, some of the songs are so old to us and we recorded it almost almost a year ago um so there was a considerable sort of delay in the record coming out for various reasons but uh for i actually i didn't you know a couple of minutes before you called i realized that, that today's the actual release day yeah uh, we just we did our release shows last weekend and actually have physical copies so it's just kind of it's nice to to have it but, yeah no i mean the the feedback we've been getting is is surprisingly it's, it's been really positive so it's been really cool to see that other people are uh, seeming appre- seemingly appreciative of, of something that we're very proud of yeah um, so the show is called uh, Just an Insight so what we'd like to do is kind of take bands back to their roots and kind of find out how they started um, obviously a lot of people know about the other bands that yourself and your fellow band members are in but maybe a lot of people don't know how things with All Pigs Must Die started. So how how did the idea come about and when did you guys decide that this is a project that you wanted to move forward? Uh, so the band started at uh, the Death Wish Records Christmas Party oh, okay. in 2009. We were super drunk and we're, I, I can remember where we were standing in the office and we're just like, hey, the four of us are going to do a band. Because we'd all played with each other in, in various incarnations of bands before and we've all known each other for years and we were sort of just like hey we're going to do this band and originally the idea was to do just uh, an EP right um, okay and so yeah we sort of made this decision and the next day I think Ben got on a plane to go to Japan with Converge or something like that and when he came back like Matt had a uh, two or three songs sort of like home demos and he and I had sort of gone over them it got me up to speed. I, he, I was living in New York. Ben and I were living in New York, and Matt and Kevin were in Massachusetts. Right. We're all from Massachusetts originally, but uh, so yeah, he kind of, Matt kind of got me up to speed. Ben came back, uh, and he lived around the corner from me or something. So we sent him this MP3, and we're like, "Hey, that, that, you know, we're not joking about doing that band. Here <laughs> it is. Are, are you into it?" And he was like, "This is great." You know, he and I had a practice space for a band we were playing in at the time. Uh, and just sort of hashed it out, and it kind of... I mean, that's sort of where it started, and it initially was going to be just a project. I mean, that's why part of, partly why we chose the name. It's <laughs> <laughs> a very palatable one. But we're like, all right, we're just going to do the angriest record that we can do and kind of call it a day, and it'll be fun. And uh, we kind of just kept writing material and recorded God is War in the same year. I think we recorded the EP in, like, April 2010 and recorded God is War in, like, maybe December of the same year. Yeah. Uh, and it was after that that we kind of got linked up with Southern Lord. Mm. Uh, 
and then we, uh, we we didn't we didn't play i don't think we played a show until we'd recorded god is war i might be wrong about that <laughs> yeah. well as you mentioned that uh, obviously the the ep that kind of came out instantly sparked a lot of people's kind of interest i think just for the sheer caliber of the people that that were in the band but so, something i've i found quite interesting from what you said is that you wanted to make the most aggressive record that you could but i think if we look at animal hostage now i think it's still an ag- aggressive record but there's progressive parts in there as well so ha- as obviously with god is war uh, nothing and and obviously not the new record how have you approached it as a band because i know obviously there's still the a bit of a geographical difference but have you guys had different mentality going into the writing process now that you've kind of accepted that this is a band not just a project i mean we never looked at it i mean after god is war once we started playing shows it stopped the idea of it being a project right okay ceased to exist and it's kind of it's one of those things where like we don't you know on paper we can sort of only appear to be a side project. We can never be a full-time touring. There's <laughs> yeah. too much going on. But we don't approach it as a side project or um, you know, anything. I mean, this it means a lot to us. Like, we put in an incredible amount of work for, for this band. And uh, But I think, I don't know, it's, well, it's hard to say because a lot of those songs were written, or at least the seeds of them were written um, not long after we recorded Nothing Violates This Nature. Um so it's been like a, a very, you know, which is almost four years ago now. So it's been a, a long time coming. But even then, when we were still a four-piece, you know, we were very aware of we don't want to just, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel, but we just don't want to put out the same record over and over again. Yeah. If we're not moving forward, what's the point? Like, we need to start doing other things. You know, we, we started pushing that on Nothing Violates, but it became immediately clear that there were certain songs that we just couldn't reproduce live uh, properly. Mm. Um and so I think that's where, like, you know, it was it, even even though a lot of uh, Hostage Animal was written before we were a two guitar band, it was written as a two guitar record. Right. Okay. And I think we were just kind of like, well, we're gonna do this record. We need to. We're gonna continue pushing forward. If we can't pull this off live, let's not worry about that. You know, just now. Um, so it's just a matter of you know, we just don't want to do the same thing over and over again, if only for selfish reasons. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, we just don't want to play the same songs over and over again. Mm. And, uh, and I think, you know, in, in a way, that because we can't be a full-time band and this isn't uh, necessarily keeping the lights on or putting food on the table for any of us, we are uh, fortunate enough to be able to be, like, very self-serving mm. with how we, we approach stuff. And, and that's kind of that's kind of why it's always sort of surprising when, people seem to be really into it because we're just very selfish about it. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. care if this is what, we, this is what I want to listen to, you know. Um, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, sorry. No, no, I was just, just going to say, kind of, from that initial EP, I think, like, for, for me personally, I'm a massive Hope Conspiracy fan, so to hear Kevin doing vocals again was a really cool thing for me. But obviously... As soon as that that first EP came out, the the tags of members of Hope Conspiracy, members of Converge, members of Blood Horse were were instantly kind of thrown out there. But now you're on record three, you still kind of see those tags thrown around. And for a lot of people, they still throw All Peace Must Die in as a supergroup. But me personally, I 
see it as just a heavy band. So do, does the does, does the kind of supergroup tag does it annoy you at all, or do you just accept no. that that's something that goes along with it? It doesn't annoy me. I think it's I think it's silly, but I, I get it. Like yeah. people, people like to quantify things, and it's you know there people seem really into labels and categorizing things, and, and in theory, when everything's in a nice, tidy little neat box that can be put on a shelf, it makes navigating the world. Uh, a lot easier mm. and, you know um, and yeah I don't think any of that stuff will will ever go away um, I, you know I don't think we necessarily sound like any of our other bands um, yeah there's you know there's obviously influence from it but I, I do I do feel like we stand on our own um, but no it's nothing to get annoyed at and I'd be a liar if if I said that uh, we didn't get a lot of advantages and opportunities because of that you know yeah. there's there's people have paid attention to us or given us a break or putting us on shows like because of Ben and because of Kevin, uh, you know, so it goes, it goes two ways. Like it, it, I, I think Supergroup is a silly term. It's just people that have played before that are going to continue to play. <laughs> yeah. like, well, you could apply that to anything, you know, um, to any band going forward. But uh, no, it definitely doesn't, definitely doesn't annoy us. It's just no. the quickest way for some people <laughs> to say, Oh, these people have done this before. Yeah, well, I think obviously your your latest addition kind of adds to that. Obviously, bringing in Brian from from yeah. Trap Them, um, as you previously mentioned, obviously the the latest record was kind of written for for two guitars. So, w- was it a no brainer to to bring Brian in, or, or were there co- kind of other other names mentioned, or was was he always the guy? He was always the guy, even before we ever seriously considered having a second guitar player, like. He was always the guy. <laughs> I mean, I think the first like six or seven APMD shows ever were with Trap Dem. He works with Kevin. I mean, I've known Brian since I guess the early 2000s. I mean, when I was in the Red Court, we shared a drummer with Backstabbers Incorporated, which he played in. So right. I mean, okay. They, we practiced on the same day, so when we were leaving, he'd be coming in. So it's just we've all known each other for so long, and just you know, personality-wise, perfect fit. Uh, Musicality-wise, perfect fit. I mean, they even are in the same tuning as us. So it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything was. We were already practicing on their gear in the same space. Like it, it was just kind of even before it was, before before we were kind of like, all right, we're gonna do this. He was always, you know, by name, sort of like, well, if we ever if we ever need someone else, it's always gonna be Brian. Yeah. But we're gonna approach him first. And and was was that the case? Was it a case of you guys approaching him, or did he kind of show an interest at all? I mean, he had shown an interest. Previous, I think you know maybe once in passing he was like, "Hey, if you guys ever want a second guitar player, let me know." But uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we yeah we, we reached out to him and we're like, "Hey, we're we we need a, we need a guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> do you want do you want to do it?" And obviously the the kind of benefits of that are, are sort of instant because obviously now with the, with the new record it it kind of does have a a fuller sound to it. So previously live that that maybe was a detriment just having you on guitar so have now having brian does that kind of allow you to to concentrate on what you're doing and make a bigger sound live oh absolutely it's a total game changer uh, mm. i mean when we were a four piece you know our approach live or my approach live was how do i make this sound like a bulldozer you yeah know, it was all about filling space and moving air and being and seeming as big as, as we possibly can we're just one guitar player and it's just kind of it was a brute force sort of approach to it whereas now um 
it's it, we can actually pay attention to like nuances and subtleties and and actually everyone but Ben now lives in Massachusetts, so it's we actually practice uh, almost regularly. Oh, okay. So, which is not, I mean, we practice without drums, which is, in a sense, like being in the on-deck circle <laughs> in a baseball yeah. game with, with a donut on, so it's a little bit harder, but when Ben shows up, we're like, oh my god, it's so much easier, we'll have to think about anything. But, yeah, we, I mean, we actually spent a lot of time dialing in guitar tones and working, like, you know, I, I've found it's been an excuse to spend too much money on guitar pedals, and <laughs> yeah. just really start to try to, like, alright, how do we try to faithfully recreate what we did on the record live? Yeah. Um, it's uh, you know it takes a lot of pressure off me because I can I can fuck up here and there and <laughs> it's, not, it's not as glaring. Yeah, it, it it's been a huge. It's a lot easier mentally and it's it's a lot more fun. It's you I can just really just focus in on what I'm doing and not worry about um you know trying to essentially not do two people's jobs. Yeah. Try to be in two places at once, for lack of a better term. Mm. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been great. It's, it's it's been so long since I've played in a, in a band with another guitar player. It's, 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 it's refreshing. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot why. I forgot what people do. This, this is great. <laughs> um, and I'm going to kind of step back a little bit again. So obviously, off the off the back of the demo, uh, there was a lot of sort of buzz around you guys. And then as soon as sort of God is War came out, then that sort of I think the momentum kind of carried on. But something that even from the demo to the first record there's a, f- for me there was there was a switch in sound and the i think for for each record that's something that you guys have have continually done and obviously with, with the the bands you're in and the history that you guys have that people are always going to kind of lump you in the kind of hardcore metal genre but for for me that you're kind of on the cusps of, of both so has that always been something that you didn't want to maybe sit in what some deem a saturated genre that you wanted to kind of balance between the two in some aspect i think for us it's we don't i don't personally i don't i don't think the other guys do either i don't think we we view music as as regimented into genres as as some people do like right. we never like if you ask me what we are like I guess metal's the best term I could say because it's kind of an all-encompassing thing. But yeah, I just heavy, loud, aggressive. Like I, you know, we we all come from from different backgrounds, and we all just sort of celebrate aggressive music. You know, some of us. You know, I grew up. I got into heavy music through the punk scene, where I mean, Brian, I think was like a metal guy from like day one. Um, so I mean, we're so we're we're sort of pulling from this this wide well of resources, but. Yeah, we've never, we've never, it's never been a conscious effort to be like, all right, this record has to sound more metal or more hardcore. It's just sort of, I think, what we're listening to at the time. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, and I, I, I like that. At least to me, it appears that we're able to straddle sort of <laughs> yeah. these boundaries of these different genres. Um, well, because yeah, I think, like, even if, like, some of the the lineups that you guys play with, obviously, like there'll be like metal bands on like the same bill as you guys and then there'll be hardcore bands so uh, again that kind of maybe goes back to the other bands that you were part of and and the connections that you have there but obviously the fans that are going to those shows are going to be different to some point but i think the common thread is your band if that makes sense 
absolutely and it's 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 even especially seeing some of the feedback from this record i've seen some people saying that this is a pure death metal record and other people saying like this is this is what hardcore should sound like and it, it, it you know i think it's all up open to interpretation and, and it's on a case-by-case basis mm. and even you know within these last shows we did it seemed in new york was a bit of a more metal crowd and we played boston and it was uh, a more of a hardcore crowd and a lot more moshing and dancing and stuff. <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah it's even it's night to night we don't we don't really know what we're gonna get and but we i, I do i think it's great that we're able to kind of get on bills with a fairly wide range of of heavy uh you know whether it's a more of a, of a hardcore thing or, or a metal or, yeah. or punk type of thing but it's, it's stuff like that's all real like i remember growing up like i viewed like phobia with a cross band to me and then years later like when i was in the red cord we did a bunch of shows with phobia and then i was like oh well this is sort of metal and it's like well what's the difference between crust and metal yeah you know, it's it, it get down to splitting hairs and it's i think some of it's also your perspective at the time and how you're introduced to it and mm. it's just i don't know it's a it's a big soup of words To obviously spoken about the the live shows and you mentioned it took you guys a, a while to decide to to actually start doing some shows so once you kind of almost found found your groove like was it a case of because I, I know obviously playing in bands for for various years you're gonna know what playing music live is feels like but how in this sort of unit so to say was there kind of a bit of tentativeness on those early stages because again I hate to use the word but there was there was a lot of hype around the original demo so when the news broke that you were doing shows I think a lot of people were like fuck they're finally kind of doing shit so w- was there ever any trepidation that kind of standards were, were too high before you'd even step up, stepped on stage no I don't think any of us were aware of those standards okay. <laughs> we we are not I, I mean some of us I, I am not aware of what's going on I live very much in a bubble I'm not <laughs> yeah. up to date on current music um, I, no I mean I wasn't aware that that was even happening it was more there wasn't trepidation we we kept saying people kept asking us to play shows and we said no just because we were I mean Ben was super busy with Converge Hopecon was still kind of active uh, I think Blood Horse is done by then but you know work stuff it's just sort of it was kind of we were like no we did this record to 
do the record and that was it and that was our plan and we're sticking to it and people kind of kept asking us and uh we had been you know we've been practicing working for uh we're writing the next record and we're just like all right well i think we're a good band like fine let's do it yeah and uh but it's different i mean it's it's you know having played in bands for so long like you know there's that sort of the intangible element of, of of chemistry uh was there and i don't know you know there's no prescription to to create that but we definitely had just like just had like a real good musical link with each other i mean matt and i have been playing in bands together for 15 years now yeah i think uh and then you know he and i he, he and kevin did that band bars for a hot minute in the early 2000s <laughs> um and then you know i've been we all knew ben i'd played in a in a band in new york with ben but it's just when when we got the four of us in a room it was just uh there was just kind of there was just a sort of intangible quality and a yeah. chemistry where we just sort of got it like it still exists to this day like the I almost wish there was a video of our writing process because it's you know a lot of the ideas start with Matt and he does all these home demos we'll, we'll sort of work that out like the strings portions we'll, we'll work all, all that stuff out and then when when the, you know the two or three times a year when Ben has time to come out here <laughs> to practice you know he's got demos sent to him so he kind of knows what he's walking into but there's almost like a presentation where you know we'll, we'll play that play him a demo of just guitars and matt will sort of like present what he thinks the drums will be and sometimes that's air drumming and then sometimes it's just other sort of gesticulation yeah, that, yeah. you know may like triumphant or uh, like you know a mongol horde coming over it's, it's, just, it's this bizarre sort of pantomime presentation of the song to <laughs> yeah. Ben and then watching him immediately grasp it and just you know sometimes within two or three takes and he's like all right I got it yeah so it's just it's a really it's a really seamless process and it's I mean it's largely because because it's worked out that way that's why we've been able to be a band like being you know with, with, the, with the, the geographical divide that we had yeah for so long I mean we still do have it but it's it's less of it's in some ways less of an issue. Yeah. And you mentioned, obviously, that sort of Matt sort of demoing things and kind of sending them out and constructing a song that way. And I think, obviously, nowadays with, with the internet, that's something that is very possible and lots of bands do it. Even the, the band I'm in, even though we practice on a weekly basis, that we still kind of we'll record a demo send it to a little group chat that we've got so it's there for for memory kind of thing Mm -hmm. but do you think that maybe if this project had happened i don't know 10 years before when the the internet wasn't sort of as accessible as it is today that that you'd be able to do things that way at all no no i mean i don't think at all it's because our, our time together is so rare yeah uh, you know i mean maybe if we don't record a record in a year we're maybe all in the same room three or four times a year right okay max uh so i i know i don't think that you know g- given if it was 10 years ago but we're all doing the same thing we're doing right now there's i don't think that it would it would work this way because there's you know there's stuff where ben's been on tour for months with two other bands <laughs> and then he's got a week to sort of 
get into APMD headspace and having those demos, you know, he just drives around listening to stuff and and is able to sort of reacclimate himself to yeah. it. So I think I think as you know, especially for him and also for Brian, uh, you know, when we were working on this record, he was doing uh, Crown Feral, like the last Trap Them record. They were had several tours, so there was times when he was like, I can't really focus on this right now you know he's still getting caught up uh, learning some of the old material so you know there were times when he's like i kind of have to put this on hold and 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 go back into trap them world mm. um but because that you know there's documentation of everything old songs new songs uh just i uh, just because i'm a guitar nerd i'll tab out some of our songs right um, yeah that started as a pet project just because i got this tab software and grew up you know i, I basically learned how to play guitar out of guitar world Okay. Reading tab. So I would just sort of, I just, you know, just being a nerd, I was like, oh, this is what our songs look like. (laughs) But then it became a point where, when we were sort of less active, it became a a great way to not forget. (laughs) Yeah. Stuff. Um, So there was always a a sort of offsite resource for for him and for Ben or for for Kevin for doing vocals, like for anyone to just like check in and see what state a song is at. You know. It's just a way to keep keep you uh, up to date and, and refreshed on yeah whatever the latest is. But yeah, I think if without without like Dropbox and and you know the ease of, of sharing files back and forth, this would have been a, a very different period <laughs> yeah. a decade ago. And you kind of mentioned there, obviously you being a bit of a guitar nerd, tapping things out, and it, it just kind of dawned on me that obviously I think I think maybe fans' perspective take it for granted that you're kind of writing a record and going recording and that's kind of it done with but obviously with you guys all doing having day jobs other jobs other bands and so on and so forth how often for you personally adam are you kind of taking time to sit down and write uh, an all pigs must die riff sort of thing or is it just a case of something will pop into your head you'll jam it out quickly and save it and then send it to the other guys and then it might be sat on for a, a week or month or so on and so forth yeah it's more the latter and you know, you know Matt actually writes the, the line share of, of the material right okay uh, but I think it's sort of I mean for me personally after after doing this last record I've been I've been writing a lot more and I think some of that is also I work from home now yeah. so I'm sort of around guitars a lot more <laughs> yeah. than I was when I was when I was still living in New York I was yeah I'd go you know I'd, I'd go almost a month without touching a guitar um, so yeah I mean I think it's just a collection of someone will get an idea and and put it down somehow mm. whether it's a garage band demo or you know an iPhone recording or something um and for me, you know, when I have stuff, I'll sit down and sort of take the time and piece them together. But it's sort of just as you go, stuff will pop into your head. You'll just be noodling around. Oh, that that might be interesting. I'll record it um, and kind of revisit things later. Whereas I, I know Matt's told me with his process, he he won't record anything until he thinks it's something. Right. Okay. So he'll, you know, if he has a riff, he'll work it out. And then he'll keep working on it. He'll keep working on it until he feels like it's maybe worth showing. And then he'll actually take the time to record it. And yeah. I, um, I'm different in the fact that if I don't somehow document the idea right then and there, it's gone forever. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas he's sort of like, well, if I can't remember it the next day, then it's not worth anything. <laughs> That's fair enough. Which, which I agree with in a sense, but uh, you know, it's all it's all up to the individual how their brain yeah, works. Yeah, of course. And I, you know, I'm just so scatterbrained, and that's so much shit going on. Not <laughs> I, that he doesn't, but I'm like that. Like, I, yeah, if like, if something if, comes if, into if, my head, I need to need to pin that idea down, and then. If I don't, it's gone the very next minute, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's. I, yeah. There's. There's been probably amazing songs that are <laughs> yeah. that uh, are just gone into ether. You know, just be like, oh, I can't wait to show the guys this, and the next day, I, you know, I won't record, and the next day, I'm like, fuck, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what that was. I guess that's gone now. And obviously, we we started this conversation. Obviously, you saying you're kind of starting work once we finish this. Uh, obviously, you've got a day job. Believe you have kids, or am I making that up? I do not have children. No, okay, but uh, other members of the band do, don't they? Yes. Yes. Um, so obviously, like work life, family life, um, other bands, and so on and so forth. Is it something that obviously recording is a, a, a kind of a different beast altogether? But how, apart from kind of the the sort of sending demos between each other, do you almost have allocated time to all pigs must die or is it i don't want to sound like it takes a back seat because i'm sure that's not the case but is it is it a case of as and when or do you make a a dedicated time we do so we have it's gotten to the point where we have like a shared google calendar where we kind of have to put in everything right okay like all right well we have this uh, thing coming up so we need to rehearse for it what who when are people available um so it it we do make time for it obviously it's not the top rung of everyone's priority chain yeah family comes first and and jobs come first and uh, you know other band obligations at times um but yeah no there's we have to schedule things kind of far in advance Mm. there's the days of hey what are you doing this weekend (laughs) let's jam like that those are long gone um so, I mean, yeah, we're, you know, we're, we're working on a, a West Coast tour in the in the next couple of couple months, and like we're gonna probably try to block in rehearsal time for yeah. that, you know, within the next couple of weeks. So it's it's uh it's it can be somewhat of a logistical nightmare, and there are a lot of things that come up that we want to do that we can't for for various reasons, being at other bands, being on tour, recording, children, job stuff. Um, but it's, you know, everyone has their, like, I I work from home and am freelance, so I have a little bit more leeway. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, when things come in, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm available, just let me know. I'll, blo- I'll block it out as unavailable uh, for work, and then, yeah. you know, we'll make it happen. But, you know, for for the fathers in the bands, it's, it's definitely uh, a lot more challenging. And it's... Yeah, people obviously we want to do this as much as possible, and we're all friends. And when we when we do go out on the road, it's it's very much like a vacation. It doesn't, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel like work. It, you know, we're not around each other enough to get on each other's throats. And we sort of started as friends, and it still has that sort of you know vacation tour yeah. feel to it. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a uh, it, it can be somewhat of a circus at times. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. So we definitely make time for it, but it's. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Um, obviously, you mentioned that you're kind of planning up for a, for a West Coast tour 
in the near future, and I'd be remiss for not asking. But are there any plans to to come to the UK and Europe in the in the near future? Um, yes, there are plans. Nothing's confirmed, and things can change. Yeah, of course. Of hat, but as of right now, um, travel bans permitting, we will be <laughs> back uh, across the Atlantic at some point um, next year, I think. If Perfect. Work out. But I mean, we do. So Brian's been in the band for two years now, and since he's joined the band, we've played five American shows and something like fifteen or sixteen European shows. Yeah. So it's it's it, we kind of looked at the, on that a paper recently. We're like, what? We need to change this. this yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, I do want to quickly go back to sort of the the sort of ideology of of the band and and what was put onto record. So, a, a kind of like a running theme, I think. It's kind of in the name and sort of in the name of the records is kind of this well it might be just my interpretation of it but this kind of way that you view sort of humanity and the way that sort of people react to different things and obviously i think the titles of of each album kind of speak for themselves but is there kind of a th- i don't know like a joint sort of headspace that you guys are in when you're kind of coming up with the the imagery and the names of of the albums, and, and I know obviously you can't speak on Kevin's behalf, but for for him lyrically, is there anything that you guys are kind of discussing that you want to to purvey through the music? I mean, I don't think I don't think we've ever had a conversation where we're like we need to write a song about this, or we you know I, I think we. I think we're all fairly in the same page in terms of our outlook on humanity. We're, yeah. uh, it's, you know, we're, we're fucked. <laughs> Things are stacked against us. Yeah. People are generally, I want them to be great, but they'll oftentimes, more often than not, let you down. Um, but it's not, it's not anything we've ever talked about. It's, you know, some, some people will, will kind of try to, lob the title of a political band on us and that never really made sense oh really I, I like, haven't seen that yeah. but that's quite interesting it came up in a recent interview and I was just like I don't I've never thought of it because I don't feel like any of our lyrics are are telling anyone to do anything yeah. or, or even taking a stance one way or another like we'll you know we'll have a song about like there's a song God is War about Victor Bowd who's a Russian arms dealer it doesn't say he's good or bad it's just this thing, this guy exists and here's what he did <laughs> yeah. you know um, and you know, I think for Kevin's, uh, when he's writing lyrics, I think he's just, I think oftentimes he's kind of grabbing the spirit of the music and seeing what sort of topic fits with that. And that's yeah. sort of how we've, how I think a lot of stuff has, has turned out to, in terms of the, the recurring themes and, and, and topics and our lyrics is just because that's what fits the music. Mm. And, um, and I, you know, I think I, you know, I, I can't speak for him, but I do think he's he's fairly receptive to that, especially on the new record. I think there's, you know, we've we've pushed certain songs like uh, "End Without End," for example, is you know musically supposed to sound like a Panic Attack. Yeah. And uh, and so I think that in turn he's he's uh, he's sung about more like internal, not necessarily for him, but sort of you know a lot of the. A lot of the previous material, to me, this is just my interpretation, is it deals with exterior forces or themes yeah. that one has to deal with, whereas I think there's uh, 
a couple songs on the new record where it sort of looks at the other side of that lens. It's like, what does that do to a person or how does that, I mean, that's where the, the title is, is hostage animals is a state of mind. And it's sort of a reaction to, uh, overstim- being overstimulated and just, you know, you're so bombarded with information, disinformation, emotion, and you just kind of can't make heads or tails mm. of, of anything. And you sort of lash out in every direction. That's where we got the idea for, for using a rat king. Mm. Like, right, it's, it's, it's a bunch of opposing forces trying to move in different directions, but it's tethered together at its core and ultimately leads to its destruction. Um, so yeah, I, I, there's never been there's never been a group conversation. He'll send us the lyrics, and you know, do you think this is everyone cool with this? Is there anything that gives anyone idiot shivers? You know, <laughs> um, but, you know, for the most part, uh, that's he handles that. Matt helps out with lyrics, and uh, yeah, that's sort of we just uh, we trust it. It's, there's a lot of trust in this band. There's not a lot of conversation about what something should be or what it should do we just sort of kind of just let each other do their own thing yeah. and people will you know if you have an idea for something like by all means share it and it's you know it's oftentimes a good idea but uh yeah there's there's a lot of musical trust and we just mm. sort of you know we play with each other because we enjoy each other as musicians and, and trust each other and there is that freedom where it's just like do your thing and, and so far we've managed to it kind of matches it kind of melds in in a way that's that's been somewhat pleasing for us at least so I probably won't change that <laughs> i want to go quickly touch upon on you mentioned obviously like the musical trust sort of aspects and i think with it kind of you guys playing music together in other bands for for years and obviously the kind of sparse time that that all peace must die has is it kind of um almost kind of relaxing to, I know that this might might sound like a weird word to use for your type of music but that you kind of can't you have that trust that so you're not putting too much pressure on the band so obviously I know that the gap between hostage animals and nothing violates is sort of nearly four years so the, having that trust in each other and each other's musical ability does that allow for that kind of flexibility so you're not kind of oh we need to get another record out like in x amount of time that you can take your time with projects absolutely i mean i think relaxing is 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 a very appropriate uh word for it i mean there's there's never a doubt that we're gonna get together and someone can't you know can't pull something off yeah or, or there's just there's that's that sort of doubt or worry regardless of of time just isn't there (laughs) yeah um, yeah, i mean it's yeah and there's that we don't feel i mean the only pressure we feel to put another record is just we haven't done this in a while we have these songs we think they're good i want to i want it it gets to the point where like we've you sit with these demos and you know what the stuff is going to sound like yeah more or less when we when we take it to kurt and uh it's just like I just want it. It becomes incredibly selfish. Where like I just I'm sick of listening to demos. I want to listen to the finished piece. I don't care if it gets released. Like I just want to have this to listen to myself. Um, so yeah, I mean th- that that usually is is the driving factor to get us into the studio. It's like hey, we have this stuff. 
this and it's it's worthy of being finished yeah so let's let's try to do it i mean we don't southern lord is, is the perfect label for us there's no pressure there's no i mean going into that deal he knew what was up we're like hey man we're older we have jobs we have kids we can't we're not road dogs like we're not gonna be on yeah all the time. yeah he's like that's cool he's like if you can try to play some shows around when we release a record to help promote it i would really appreciate that, but other than that <laughs> yeah. I understand you know um and you know there's never you know in those four years to my knowledge there was i mean he may have checked in and be like hey are you guys up to anything what's going on but it was never like hey where's the new record yeah you yeah have to do another record so it's it's he he gets our situation and uh it's been a great fit because of that perfect um adam how i like to to end these is is to ask each band member that i speak to what their kind of favorite band song is but with a little bit of a twist so what is your favorite or pigs must die song that you play live and why that we play live yeah um i think it still comes down to hungry wolf easy prey yeah any particular reason it's the first song we ever wrote like that that song started this band mm. um so it's quite sentimental yeah there's a sentimental thing it's still we we usually close it's usually near the end of the set and it kind of it's one of those songs that like even if we're kind of having a bad show even if the crowd's not into it like if we play that show it gets us into it it's, yeah it just has that and uh third world genocide are very similar in that manner where like it can if if i feel like i'm having a bad set when we get to that that song in the set it sort of turns it around <laughs> but yeah hungry wolf is i think one of my favorites to play if not just for the end yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I get that. Really fun, it's a really fun riff to play, and people, it, 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 and it's sort of, even if we're playing to like a more metal crowd where you know people are moving around, but it's it's a lot less uh, gymnastics based than some <laughs> other shows we play. Yeah, um, you know, even the end of that song, there's a sing along. People get on stage, and it it, it brings me back to being a teenager and going yeah. to hardcore shows, and just you know the sort of end of the set pile on and being like. That, you know when that was almost a measure of how good or popular your band was <laughs> yeah. how many people were on stage at the end of the set perfect adam thank you very much for taking time to to speak to me the new record is fucking rad um and i really hope to see you guys over here in in 2018 thank you so much for showing the interest and taking the time to talk to us and and listen to what we do and yeah i, I hope every time we've played the uk it's been amazing it's kind of like our, our second home so <laughs> yeah, we hopefully we'll be over there uh, sooner than later perfect brilliant thanks again adam take care you too Bye-bye. so there we have it folks thanks again to adam for taking the time to talk to me um, and I know I kind of seem to say this all the time with all the interviews I do, but once again, really good chat, really insightful look into the band, um, and yeah, just a, just a, a nice nice guy to to chat to. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, All Peace Must Die's new album Hostage Animal is now out on Southern Lord Records and Spotify, iTunes, and all the all the likes. Um, and as always, you can keep up to date with what the band are doing on various. Uh, social media platforms uh, on Facebook it's facebook.com forward slash APMD band uh, and then on Twitter and Instagram it's APMD cult uh, I'll put the links 
in the description as always um so i'm going to leave it there for for this week folks um we've got a great interview with uh prawn lined up for next week so keep your eyes out for that one uh but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you again for joining me on the justin insight podcast and i will see you soon (laughs) 